people don't stop giving in uh, times uh, that are difficult like this, but giving changes. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Today, we're airing an interview that I did with Dr. Paul Vertz. Paul is a senior consultant at Dickerson Baker, where he specializes in research for nonprofit fundraising. Paul recently released the 2020 Charitable Giving Study, which is jam-packed with everything that you need to know about charitable giving in the wake of COVID-19. So grab a pen or iPad to take notes as we dive into some of the highlights and practical tips that this research has to offer. Paul will also share how you can get your free copy of the study. So let's get started. Well, today I'm thrilled to have Paul Vertz with me. Actually, Dr. Paul Vertz. Um, Paul is a senior consultant for research for the Dickerson Baker organization. And I've connected with Paul many times over the past few years. Paul, some of our commonalities, Paul attended the University of Iowa. Isn't that right, Paul? You got your, one of your degrees from the University of Iowa. And didn't you also go to the University of Nebraska as well? Yeah. University of Nebraska and Wheaton College as well. And Wheaton. Oh. Okay. Well, we have a Wheaton grad on our staff, and I live in Iowa, and my wife graduated from UNL and Lincoln. And uh, <laughs> uh, I know when I first met Paul, you were working at Northwestern Media up in uh, Minnesota, where you really, you, you, you came on board and you were over their radio, but you were seeing how the lack that they had on the digital side. And so you tapped somebody inside their organization, Carl Bliss, and really said, hey, we need to grow this thing. And uh, um, uh, so, so I've respected you from not just an industry leader in the radio side, but a leader of people being able to identify hidden talent and help them, help them grow. And that was a real learning for me as, as, a, as a young leader, first interacting with you and, uh, and seeing you model that. So yeah, Thank you. Well, um, thrilled to, like I said, thrilled to, to have you joining. Paul, in his role as a research and a senior consultant, he did some research specifically around charitable giving in the wake of COVID-19. In fact, that's the title of his research, Charitable Giving in the Wake of, of, of COVID-19. So, uh, Paul, first, what, what prompted you and Dickerson Baker to do this research? Well, um, as, uh, as I think you, have, uh, you understand, uh, when the, the pandemic hit back in March and April, uh, it sent shockwaves shock through uh, ministries and other nonprofits because it was like, oh, my goodness, what is this going to do to uh, uh, funding for uh, ministries? And in, in particular, uh, we are aware that many ministries rely on the, the giving in the fourth quarter of every year for up to 50% of their revenue, some even more than that. And so it was like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen uh, later on in the year? And, uh, and, and there were, you know, honest concerns about how is this affecting our donors? 
as well. So it was not just uh, ministry's bottom line, but what kind of impact it was having on their donors. So we began to look at that. I mean, there were just a lot of questions that that emerged. Um, you know, uh, people were wondering, are, are, are donors going to shift their money away from their usual ministry uh, uh, organizations over to those that are very directly uh, relating to the COVID situation? And a lot of them were concerned, you know, are, is everybody going to go over to to medical research just to try mm -hmm. to solve this big problem uh, because we've never had anything, or at least for a century, we've not had anything quite as uh, impactful as uh, as the COVID-19 has been. So there were just a lot of those questions that were emerging. We said, you know, we, we <laughs> the, the first thought was maybe we ought to go out and talk to fundraisers. And then we go, no, why don't we talk to donors? Because yeah. they're the ones that are making the decisions about giving. So we focused on on um, particularly mid-level and major donors. Okay, mid-level. And what month of this year, 2020, did you actually can uh, do most of the, the, the research? Yeah, this was an online survey. It started in late May and went through about the second or third week of June. Okay. Uh, I know there are some research that was done back in uh, late March and, and early April, that's when the, the panic really set in. And so we were we were glad that everything had settled down a little bit and people were able yeah. to have just a little more, uh, if you will, a little more objectivity about what their giving would be like uh, the remainder of the year. So. Yeah, and that's really good timing, really. Like what you said er, early on, there was just like, nobody knew what to expect. And uh, uh, May and June, we're starting to settle down. That was about the time frame that our church started to go back to meet in person. And so people were starting to become comfortable with wearing masks and, and some of those things. So yeah, that, that, that timing makes, makes good sense. Um, so, so what were your expectations going into the survey? Did you have any theories or hypotheses that you had when you were going into it? Well, we have, uh, as a firm, Dickerson Baker has been through uh, I think this is the third sort of major uh, a downturn in the economy. One was in the late 80s and then another one around 9-11. Uh, uh, Actually, uh, two, this is the fourth. I should correct this. The fourth, uh, the third one would have been around the 2007, 2008, 2009. Uh, so this was like our fourth thing around. And uh, fourth time around, and we're going, you know, what have we learned? Well, one of the things we learned that the people don't stop giving in uh, times uh, that are difficult like this, hmm. but giving changes. Those are sort of two basic findings. So we went in saying, you know, we don't know how it has changed. We're pretty sure people aren't just going to stop giving, uh, hmm. but we wanted, would like to know uh, how it may have uh, giving may have changed during this particular time. So those are sort of two things we went in with. So we didn't expect uh, a huge number of people saying, we're just going to stop giving. We're going to wait and see what happens. Uh, yeah. And uh, we were we were uh, pleasantly surprised with the findings that did emerge. Good. And, and you mentioned as far as who you surveyed, you mentioned it was a mid-level to upper range donors. Any other um demographics or characteristics about the folks that you did survey? Well, what, uh, no, those were the major, that was the major focus of our giving. Uh, a lot of people may not be aware that some organizations will rely 
uh, on uh, major donors, mid-level to major donors for up to 80 or 90% of their funding. So these, these people are yeah. really important in funding ministries. Uh, uh, but uh, the, we had 17 organizations that we have worked with one way or another and some that we were new to us that said, you know what, we will, uh, we will uh, send out a survey uh, to our, our donors uh, and you will actually serve use them as, as respondents to the, the donors. So we had a, a broad array. We had some in, in the uh, social services area, some broadcasting, some Christian schools, some colleges. So we, we tried to get a, a broad array of, of uh, major donors uh, that were giving to a number of different ministries. And uh, so it was, it was intended to be as broad-based as possible. Good, good. And so, so as you did that survey, you got the results back, you started tabulating, tabulating the data. What surprises did you have as you were, uh, as, as you saw some trends emerge? Well, I think the, the real headline for us is we just asked people uh, thinking about uh, the second half of 2020, because the first half was already behind us. Uh, what are you likely to, uh, thinking about your giving in 2020 versus 2019, do you think you're going to give uh, about the same? Do you think you're going to give a little more or a lot more or a little less or a lot less? Mm -hmm. uh, and we were pleasantly surprised to see that 60% of the people said, you know, we, we plan to give the same amount that we gave in 2019 in, in the year 2020. Uh, and, and then another 25% said, well, we'll probably give a little more, or some said uh, significantly more. So we had about 25% of the people who say, yeah, well, we're thinking about giving more. Uh, and then so that, about, was a, that was a surprise to you. Yeah. We weren't expecting that much. Yeah. Yeah. 15% said, well, we'll probably just decrease a little, or, and some said we'll decrease significantly. So the, sort of the headline for us was about 85% of the donors we surveyed said, we will give about the same or more in 2020 as we gave in 2019. So we, we yeah. found that to be pretty uh, interesting. And what, what we also found again is 25% said they would give more, 15% said less. So it's tilted in the direction of the, the more side, the giving more side of things. Yeah, so, so as you think about that, what, uh... I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how the economy has done overall, how, I mean, the stock market tanked originally, now it's actually ahead of where it was back, uh, back at the first of the year. Um, but what, what observations do you have, or what are some of the reasons, do you think, why people are willing to give more during this time? Is the, is, are they not being impacted by COVID from an economic sense, or any, any thoughts around just, just that aspect? Yeah, um, I, we had, uh, when we asked people that were planning to give more, why, yeah. uh, over a third of them said, uh, we're doing better economically in, in 2020 than we were doing in 2019. Now, again, this was in May and June after the initial shock wore off a bit. Um, and so, uh, it, and then, but on the other hand, they said, you know, we, we plan to give because the needs are greater this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that really impressed me is we had, you know, not an overwhelming number, we had a, a significant number of people said, 
you know, I we know that some donors are not going to be able to give this year like they gave in the past. So we want to give, uh, if you will, uh, to uh, to shore up those that that aren't able to give as much as we are. So again, when you're dealing with mm-hmm. mid-level major donors, uh, they're not quite as likely to be affected as as if you will the the average person but there there's still as we as we dug deep in we found that they, they were some some businesses had had significantly dropped off and and people were going you know got to be we got it we just can't give it the same levels we gave last year so but there were a variety of reasons for increasing giving a variety of uh, of reasons for decreasing on the decreasing side it usually is yeah. You know, we've lost income. Uh, business is, uh, is not doing as well as it was last year. So there was some balance. But overall, we, we, we were pleased that people were saying uh, uh, that they were likely, more likely to give more than to give less. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's really helpful and encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Really encouraging for, for those ministries and nonprofits as they're heading into this fourth quarter and, and uh, year in giving season. Yeah, the, the other thing I should say, too, yeah. we did ask people about how optimistic are you that the, about the time frame for economic recovery? Because we know that overall giving, this is not just the ministries, but overall looking at the big nonprofit world, uh, giving tends to reflect the economic conditions, which mm-hmm. doesn't should surprise anybody. So we said, how long do you think it's going to take? for the economy to recover. Uh, nearly two thirds uh, said, we expect the economy, uh, economy to, will rebound uh, by the middle of 2021 or earlier. We actually had a significant number of people said, I, we think it'll rebound by, by the end of 2020. Now we're on farther down on in time right now. Uh, and I think people would probably say something differently, but, um, more than uh, a quarter said uh, it's probably going to take more than a year to recover. Then we had some people um, like 10% ago, uh, it's going to be a long time before the uh, economy recovers. So we, we thought that was an important thing to sort of dig into is people's perception of how long it would take the economy to recover from this. So overall, uh, folks are having a fairly positive outlook about the prognosis of yeah, the economy we, recovering. We're, we, were, uh, we were interested. Matter of fact, uh, one of the questions we asked, we, we gave them a whole list of possible impacts on them. And I think nearly two thirds uh, said uh, our family has not experienced a significant negative impact. In other words, they, we, they, they have felt it. Everybody has felt it. Yeah. And one of the things that they felt was the isolation, because that was one of the impacts we had in there emotionally. You know, have you felt isolated? We had, yeah, like 20% of people, yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue, as did some of the people saying their business had been impacted. But, but by and large, uh, uh, people were not as serious. These, these donors were not as seriously impacted as uh, some who uh, probably would be giving less and would have fewer resources. Good. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that some people were giving more because the needs are greater during this time. What advice would you have for a ministry or a nonprofit just to be able to let their needs be known? Like how, how can they in a right tone, and in the right way, let the what the real needs are as they're heading into this fourth quarter. 
Well, interestingly enough, when we talk to ministries and, and provide uh, advice for them, we will talk about make sure that people hear your vision for the future. That is so important. Uh, man, I know says people give to people, people give to people uh, with vision, people who give to people with vision who do what they say they're going to do. It's sort of an interesting little way of putting it. So we, we tend to generally uh, press on vision. But we have said to our, our uh, clients and people who've asked, feel free to tell people what the needs are. Um, uh, and and I, I know uh, my wife and I support some ministries and we're hearing from several. We're, we're very interested in the broadcast and ministries. And we're hearing from several, you know, our uh, especially international ministries. The, mm -hmm. the response is 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 unprecedented. The number of people are contacting them because there's a hopelessness out there. There's fear. People are looking for something to uh, to encourage them and to give them hope. And and so uh, we've appreciated those uh, those organizations. We do have one organization we've we've uh, supported. And I said to my wife the other day, I don't know. They're, they're, they don't talk about the needs. I, I don't know what's going on. And so yeah. our giving to them is just sort of usual. But yeah. I think it's those that are willing to articulate the need and how that ministry is meeting the needs of people, mm -hmm. uh, those I think are likely to see uh, some of those increases that we talked about earlier. That, yeah, what I heard you say is, Communicate your vision for the future. Communicate how you're bringing hope and, and the needs that you have to help you accomplish that vision and uh, and, and bring hope to people. Absolutely. And, uh, that's so, yeah. We we are focusing more on the need side now yeah. than about anything else, just because yeah. there are needs. They're real. The needs are yeah. real. Yeah. Yeah. So so you found some significant findings around. Um, major events or organizations that focus on major events. Just just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, again, working with a lot of organizations in their capital campaigns, one of the things that we typically do when we're talking about capital campaigns and major donor giving, uh, usually uh, major donors uh, will give uh, when they can talk to the the head of their organization and and sense the vision, sense the the impact that the organization is having. So they often rely very much on on one on one visits, or they will rely on small group meetings, or they will rely on banquets, or on fundraising weekends at at a conference mm -hmm. center or resort. Vision uh, these are things. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so yep. you have. So as, as we begin to ask people, okay, what do you feel comfortable with right now? And again, this is May and June. And we, we had a couple of qualifiers in the question. We said, assuming that um, uh, the, uh, the precautions are in place, like wearing masks and social distancing, et cetera, and assuming the things uh, don't get uh, terribly worse right now, uh, how soon would you be ready to have a one-on-one -on -one visit with uh, a ministry 
uh, executive to talk about a project or mm-hmm. how soon would you be? And we sort of went down those three or four different options, uh, meet in a small group or mm-hmm. or uh, be, uh, go to a banquet or uh, go to a weekend. What we found out, not surprising, the big gatherings, uh, people are not ready for those yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, the framework of, of time was within now on the end of the year, but still we were we were pleasantly surprised that that uh, more than eighty percent of the people said, yeah, between now and the end of the year, that was that would be the time frame of the last six months of 2020. We we'll, we'll be open to a, a one-on-one meeting with a ministry executive or a small group meeting. Once mm-hmm. you got into the banquet and the weekends, uh, people are going, yeah, let's just wait. Uh, when, a, uh, when a vaccine becomes available and, and everybody's happy with that, then, then we'd more, be more happy uh, to have those larger meetings. So yeah. that, was a, that was a cautionary note. But the good news is they're open to one-on-one meetings and small group meetings. And so we've said to anyone who will listen, uh, don't don't hold back. This is, I think, that was one of the biggest problems mm. back in March and April. Is that we're going. Oh my goodness, we can't. We just we've got to just back away. We we can't mm-hmm. uh, be aggressive here with fundraising. And we're saying nope. The data points to the different. Go ahead, be be mm-hmm. bold. Be asking people uh, to to uh, give toward the, the ministries that you are overseeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's really good. You, you know, um, here at 5Q, we like to think in terms of what we call the five levers of multiplying impact or digital impact specifically. So you've got awareness, um, help letting you, helping the organization learn about you, um, attracting folks. You've got engagement. You've got conversion rates. How well are they converting? You've got the average value. Then you have retention. So, mm-hmm. so what, you know, Based on based on your research, how you said that an organization should be leaning into, they really should be even even more aggressive now. How do you think that impacts the attraction of new donors? How how can an organization be focused on attracting new donors during this time, or yeah. should they be? Well, uh, uh, and and by the way, going back to one of the earlier findings, uh, we said, hey, it's great news that sixty percent of the people say they will give more, but that means forty percent is in play and and it's it's the organizations that are willing to say hmm there's a there's a good opportunity out here the good possibility that people will give more mm-hmm. uh, and so we're we're going to uh we're, we're going to be uh, uh open and we're going to engage with those individuals and uh, uh encourage them to not only continue to give but maybe uh give even more in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. And what about on the retention side? What uh, you know? What would advice would you have for an organization to to continue to retain their top donors and even even down to some tactics, strategies, and tactics that you might say, hey, during this time, this we've got the vision, we've got a, a, what we want to communicate, but you know, how can we work to retaining the donors that we have? Well, I think uh, what's important is. Uh, is continuing to connect with those donors and uh, to listen to them. And uh, obviously a number of organizations uh, use phone calls to do that. Increasingly, there's use of Zoom. 
uh, to connect with uh, with donors, uh, but but to be able to listen to how it has impacted them. Again, our research indicates that uh, the the there the impact has not been uh, extremely serious. But some organ, some donors have uh, their businesses have just dried up or certainly significantly reduced. So we keep saying, talk to your donors again. Do things that you do all the time with mm-hmm. them. Don't don't back run. Don't assume that they're just going to stop giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but continue to build those relationships with them. Listen to them. Pray for them, uh, and and ask if they're willing to. Uh, uh, have a, a, a in-person visit. We uh, do a lot of uh, capital campaigns, and one of the things you do with capital campaigns is you go out to your top donors and say, "Hey, here's here's what we're planning to do. Here's the vision. Okay. Here's the plan. Uh, and uh, would would you be willing to support us?" And we, that that usually is re- what that requires is an in-person meeting. So we have actually been giving. Uh, donors the option, would you like to meet by Zoom or would you like to meet in person? And so sure. far, we're finding better than 70% of the donors saying, oh, we'll, we'll take an in-person meeting. They just don't want the big meetings, but yeah. uh, uh, either in-person or, or small group meeting, uh, we, we, we feel comfortable with that. So I think it's, it's the retention is just, it, it's the same story with retention. Donors uh, want to be heard. They want to. They want to know that that uh, the organizations they give to are doing something significant. But they also want to be treated as people who have, you know, they have they have, they have felt impact. Everybody has felt some impact. You you couldn't be in this country and not feel some impact. But yeah. uh, I think listening to people and and praying for them. And but but just not backing away and assuming oh they don't want to hear from us now, uh, that that is a really really big mistake. Yeah, no, that's good, really good advice for those to to really to lean in. When you face a crisis, you have an opportunity to either lean into it and grow, or to pull back. And uh, the organizations that have chosen to lean into it and use this as a growth opportunity are those that are doing well right now. Yeah, and I think one of the other things is that uh, I, I know one organization that we've supported, they're just sitting in their offices sending out emails. And it's like, people, uh, come on, uh, pick up the phone, talk to yeah. us, okay? Uh, and and at least that, or do a Zoom call. If, and sometimes there are distances and, and, and people may be uh, afraid, but give them an opportunity in person or in Zoom. So right. I, I think there, are, there really are opportunities for us to just do good donor relationship building during this time. And even ask people, how has your family been impacted? Uh, what, uh, how can we pray for you? Is there someone in your family who's been, uh, who has been tested positive for the virus? And, uh, and there has been in my family, uh, and I haven't, uh, and we're okay with a granddaughter, but uh, you know, nobody's kind of asking about that. And th- those are the kind sure. of things people go, hey, they really, they really care. care about me, not yeah. just my money. Yeah, yeah. You bring up a good point too that sometimes, you know, we're a digital agency, and sometimes you, we can see, well, if we're doing the work we need to, if we're sending out emails. But uh, number one, you can see that it's, it's easy to not look at those people as people on the other end of the receiving. And number two, we know 
that the best digital strategy is the strategy that works in concert and integrated with all of the other um, activities, strategies, and tactics that you're using. So using the email to be able to connect with them and ask for that phone call, ask for that Zoom message, you know, all those tactics working together is, is, the, is the best strategy at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. If, if I could, uh, let me raise one other issue that we yeah. explored. Uh, one of the, uh, the issues that arose in talking to some of our ministry leaders was, wow, how many people have already made, this was in May and June, how many people yeah. have already made a special contribution or a contribution to a COVID-related solicitation? Mm. Uh, and then is that going to impact their giving later on in the year? Again, many, many uh, uh, ministries rely very heavily on their fourth quarter. So they were, they were yep. concerned about that. So we asked people uh, uh, a question regarding that. What we found is uh, we said, do you consider a, how many first place, how many of you have made a gift? to uh, a COVID-related uh, uh, solicitation from an organization. 53% uh, at that point already had, so mm -hmm. over half. So mm -hmm. then we said, now think about those gifts. Do you consider those gifts over and above your regular giving? Or do you think it's going to decrease your regular giving because now you've given earlier in the year instead of later in the year? Yeah. Uh, what we found is that about a quarter, just a little more than a quarter said, you know, we don't know how our giving is going to be impacted. Uh, so we're, we're not going to commit ourselves. But so we had seven, about 26% there, but 71% said, no, those gifts we consider as over and above our regular giving. And only 3% said, uh, you know, it's probably uh, our early uh, giving in the, earlier in the year is probably going to decrease our giving later on. And we thought, mm -hmm. wow, that is that is a real positive for ministries mm -hmm. because you know that it's not. We, we always worry about giving that's replaced. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, yeah. uh, and, and so it, so I, I think again, it just speaks to the fact that. People that give to ministries, are they think of mission, they think of mm. outreach, they think of serving other people and serving the Lord. And it's a whole different ballgame than giving to uh, other nonprofit organizations. And, and I think this, just, this research just once again reinforces to us that people, uh, by and large, these donors have a strong sense of stewardship. And they're they are just managing God's money, and they want to be able to give uh, as a result of that strong sense of stewardship. So we thought that was that was pretty important as, as we we uh, look at that. And you know, another thing, if you don't mind, I'll just uh, give yeah. you another key thing that we people were wondering: Hmm, are, is there going to be that shift of giving away from typical ministries we give to? Uh, over to uh, uh, other areas like medical research, mm -hmm. et cetera. And as I said earlier, uh, we, we did not see that uh, happening. But we ask, you know, as you look at your giving in the rest of 2020, uh, what are your highest priorities for giving in 2020? And you know, it was really interesting. Earlier in the questionnaire, we'd ask about their priorities in 2019. And it turns out, their priorities in 2020 are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, 
So there isn't that shifting in priorities, but uh, the three or uh, three types of ministries that were most likely uh, for people to consider giving, uh, uh, number one was outreach, evangelism, discipleship. That that, and so many many people are giving to that. So if 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 your organization specializes in that, I think that's really good news. That was the highest mm -hmm. priority. The second highest priority, if they were likely to increase, was we'll give to uh, help the uh, the people here at home who are disadvantaged and vulnerable. Uh, and again, if you're in the rescue mission, social services uh, space, that is really encouraging that that was second highest. The third highest was international relief and development. So people are interested in uh, in, in giving to organizations that are helping people overseas, the, the child sponsorship. We didn't get into specific uh, organizations, but uh, there. So those are the three that are most likely to receive increases. So if your organization is in one of those three, you have opportunities. The question is: Are you casting a vision? Are you showing people the need? And are you letting donors know how yeah. they can help? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's an important finding that, uh, that those organizations really have an opportunity for growth that uh, may or may not have been able to happen. Well, well Paul, uh, you've shared a ton of really helpful information, especially as we're, uh, um, again, heading into fourth quarter, giving after the election, you know, all those different things are coming into play. Uh, where can a person get a copy and how can a person get a copy of this research to be able to read, for, read it for themselves? Well, uh, you can go to our uh, website, uh, dickersonbaker.com. And uh, there are places on the website there where you can sign up uh, to get a copy of it. It's, it's about a nine or 10 page report complete with graphs and charts with, with more detail than what I've given here. Um, and you can uh, then get your own copy of it and take a look at it. And uh, but above all, I mean, here we are October in October. And it's mm -hmm. if, you, if you haven't got your year end giving plans in place, it's almost too late. Uh, but you, you can uh, we, again, we would suggest uh, that you not back away from asking for in-person meetings with uh, individual the donors that, that they give to your organization. Uh, but you can get a copy of that. Uh, and again, the title of it is uh, a, a charitable giving in the wake of COVID-19. Again, from DickersonBaker.com is the is the website. You'll see uh, it's a PDF that you can uh, you can just sign up. They will ask for your name and and uh, and email address as usual. And then you can download it and uh, uh, hopefully benefit a great deal from it like a lot of ministries have. Yeah, if you're a ministry leader listening to this, I would highly encourage you to go to their site, DickersonBaker.com, get a copy of this report and share it internally. And not just with your fundraising folks. It's important that you share it with those who are on the front line, those that are um, in, in the leadership area so that they can get a sense for how just for how the donors that they're interacting with on a regular basis, what they might be thinking, feeling, and experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And so really highly encourage you to, to get a copy of that report. Mm -hmm. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's been really helpful and insightful. 
and appreciate your hard work and uh, that you're doing as the, the research consultant and as a senior consultant for, for Dickerson Baker and, and just being willing to share those findings with us and, and uh, for not just our audience, but the, the, the ministry audience at large. So thanks so much, Paul, for joining us today. It's, it's been a privilege and thank you for what you do. And I especially want to thank all of those of you who are on the front lines of ministry. I have been on the front lines of ministry and uh, it's, 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 uh, it's challenging these days, but um, for those that are willing to rise to the challenge, I think we'll see God bless their efforts. So thank you. We hope this discussion gave you the encouragement you need to go into this giving season with confidence. Just remember, your donors have the same strong sense of mission that you do, so keep the vision first and foremost and share the need. Show how their dollars will make an impact today. If you want to see the full research paper, you can download it on the Dickerson Baker website. We'll have the link in the show notes. If you're feeling a little stressed about how the year-end planning is shaping up, 5Q is offering a free campaign planning spreadsheet that you can download and use to collaborate with your team. The link to that will be in the show notes as well. You can find all this and more at 5Q.com. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing. Together we can multiply our digital impact.